I'm going to talk to you about excellent love. Excellent love. Ooh, excellent love. You know, I'm working on a whole bunch of things. Here, let's look at John chapter 20. And, and I know it's resurrection. And, and here we're like, Pastor, how are you going to talk about this on resurrection? But let's look at John 20. And we're going to go through a bunch of scriptures. Can I just preach the scriptures today? Yeah. I hope so. Because that's all I do anyway. Uh, in verse 10 chapter, uh, of John 20, it says this. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. This is, this is when they ran to the, the tomb and they found that Jesus was no longer in the tomb. Uh, you know, didn't he just tell them that? You know, they were all like shocked. Wow, he's gone. Like, he's really gone. You know, it's, it's, it's funny for us sometimes when God tells us something, we, we, we act like we believe it. But, you know, in our heart, we have that little seed. But, like, is that really going to happen? And then it happens as, oh, it really happened. Right? And then the disciples went away to their own homes. after. But Mary, this is Mary Madeline, verse 11, stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. Now, I've been to the tomb. Uh, at least that's what they call. I've been to Jerusalem. I've seen the tomb. And you know what's the greatest thing is you go in there and Brother Pastor Samuel and I was together. We walk in there and we're all excited. We've be seeing people line up and, and I'm so excited to go in and we're in the garden. We, we are taking communion. Me and Pastor Samuel and Sean, Brother Pastor Sean, and we're, we're so excited. I'm like, I can't wait to see the tomb. Right? And, and we're lining up. We're looking at people come out and they're smiling. Like crazy, they're just smiling. And I'm like, what you see? And they're like, nothing. There's nothing. And then you go in, and we're all, me and him, Pastor Samuel, Pastor Sean, and we're looking, and we're all happy. I'm like, brother, it's nothing. And we're happy to see nothing. Isn't that great? And she saw two angels here in verse 12. In white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Look at verse 13. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord. And I do not know where they have laid him. Wait a minute. Didn't he tell you that he's going to raise again, rise again? Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Wow. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? She's supposing him to be gardener. Now that's a trip to me. I mean, of all things, you think he's a gardener? He's cutting weeds? What? What? Said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabbani, which is to say, teacher, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Let your word come off the pages and into our heart. Lord, that we could see things we've never seen before. For your word is life. For your word is everlasting. Heaven and earth may pass away, but your word is eternal. Lord, bless the listeners. Anoint them they can hear. Bless their minds and anoint their minds they can understand and their hearts they can receive. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's a story of a woman that's very unique. The Bible says that Mary Madeline loved the Lord. 
And not only that, it's because God had already uh, uh, delivered her. She, she, was, she had demons in her life that had uh, chased her and destroyed her life. Um, this, this Mary was uh, a, a woman that loved Christ and, uh, and that she would even wipe her hair with uh, uh, her tears and it, use her hair. And, 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 and she was always with Jesus. You know, uh, everywhere we went, that, that this woman would support his ministry, would follow him. She she was there at the foot of the cross when he was being crucified. You know, she was there uh, uh, crying alongside with Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was there when uh, um, uh, he, he would feed the 5,000. She was there uh, when they, uh, they dragged his body or he was walking through the streets with the cross upon his back. She was there when uh, the, the Jews would, would tell them, kill or crucify, crucify. She was there when, when the, he was with and did not recognize. She was there when his crown of thorns was on his head and it would, his blood would drip and that his face would, uh, would uh, there would be missing hair upon his face because people were plucking his hair from his beard. She was there when they would smack him across the face and spit on him and cry out and say, where are you? If you're really a God, would you get yourself down and call the angels to save you? Are you really a God? And everything that she was taught at that moment, her emotion was all messed up. Could you imagine this person that you have believed and supported? She not only supported him uh, with her presence, because there are, there are times, you know, sometimes people tell you, uh, uh, you know, it's important to be in the presence of somebody just because you're there. You might not have to say anything, but just by you showing up, it makes people feel better? Yeah. It does. You know, it's funny. I've seen my kids play all kinds of sports, and I've seen them when they were little take tap and ballet, and they can barely put their two feet together. But oh, I was there because they remember, Daddy, you, did you like my dance? Yes, I liked your dance. You know what? It would have been great because with technology, we could video it and I could watch it later. But there is nothing like having a person with you in their presence. Oh, see, that's nothing. Uh, church would be nothing if you don't ever show up. Because surely you can watch it by camera. Surely you can watch it on your smartphone. Surely you can watch it on your laptop. Surely you can watch it on TV. But there is nothing like being there. See, this lady was there, but there's something happened at that moment when, when she sees, the last image she sees of her Savior was a bloody mess, that he was beaten, his hands were pierced, his side was pierced, that his feet were uh, pierced, and that they, they, they took uh, his robe and were gambling for it. Uh, the last thing they see is to watch a sign that they would put on. It says, here is Jesus, King of the Jews. This is the image. It wasn't the image of saying um, that I am the Messiah, that if you will tear down this temple in three days, I will raise it again. She forgot that he fed the 5,000 men with five loaves and two fish. She forgot he actually walked on water and raised the dead and opened deaf ears and opened blind eyes. She forgot that there was lame people that would walk. She forgot about the woman that touched the hem of his garment and was instantly healed. She forgot. Because the last image she had was this broken promise. Oh. See, there's some of you today that uh, oftentimes we, we, we look at our life uh, and, and the last thing we remember about our life is brokenness. Oh. Y'all ready for me today? 
I've been ready for you for a week. <laughs> Sometimes we look at our bloody, bloody mess of our life. Excuse me, my allergies. That we, we look at our, our life and the last thing we see is, oh, I messed up again, Lord. I, I look at my life and it's a mess. And, and see, when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he was beaten, he was bruised, his blood, it represented what sin causes, uh, uh, that, uh, what sin does to a person. It leaves them broken and bloody and bruised and crushed. It leads them um, uh, being ostracized and isolated. And people that once followed him are the same people that say, where is your God now? And see, oftentimes in our life, we, the last image of our life is the things that have failed us and the bruises and, and the lack of faith that we have. Sometimes uh, uh, life has come through and, and people just remember that image of us. And oftentimes that's the image. And here is Mary. It's amazing to me that uh, she's been with the Savior three years Ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't like she'd been with him just three days. It was three years she followed and believed. She saw miracle after miracle. She saw him feed so many people uh, with five loaves and two fish. She saw him do things that no one else knew. She saw him uh, 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 deliver demons out of people, including herself. But yet the last thing she can remember is a bloody Jesus, a bloody man. And where have you laid him? She wanted to hold on uh, to the physicalness or the, the things that she um, can touch and feel. And she forgets that when Jesus raised again, all things are new. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus touches you, all things are new. Behold, all things become new. Mm, yes. Oh. Yes. And see, we, we forget that that was the old ways. That was the things of the flesh. But because he lives, we shall also live. And you ask me, you say, Pastor, why, does, why is your title Excellent Love? Because why would a God who sits on a, a throne, who the Bible says that his streets are paved with gold. Brothers and sisters, my, the richest man in this world does not have his floors of his mansion paved with gold. But God is so wealthy, his whole streets in heaven is paved with gold. Now why in the world would he come down from heaven upon his throne and that he could snap his finger? The Bible says that he spoke and light was. He, he spoke and the animals did run and he spoke and the fishes swam. He spoke and the planets were made and the sun and the moon and the stars and everything you could see and not see. Why would he come down and deal with what he deal with? It's because of his excellent love oh my gosh that excellent love would uh, say that uh, go ahead and beat me go ahead and, and, and hurt me go ahead and, and pluck my beard and, and nail my hands and my feet uh, why would you do something like that the king of glory it's because I love them Oh, brothers and sisters, there is no more excellent love than a, a friend would lay down his life for another friend that's what the Bible says Brothers and sisters, uh, it is because of his excellent love that you and I can experience the joy of, of freedom in Jesus. It is the excellent love that the stains of our life is wiped away and the chains that have bound us because of sin and the curses are broken. It is because of that excellent love that you and I can live free and that there's no more condemnation and that I don't have to deal with sickness and with hate. I, I don't have to compare my life with anyone and just say, God, I want to be just like you because in you there's excellence. In you there's love. In you there is joy. In you there is peace. In you there is freedom. Amen. 
Why would else would this person come? Could you imagine a king putting on the robe of a beggar? Why would a king of glory put on a robe that is so bound? You know, I can imagine if you and I, anybody here uh, that is an adult, that, that you have everything. Yeah, could you imagine if I took your, your if I had the ability to take your mind and take your, uh, everything about you just right now and just switch you into an infant's body. Let's say you're 60 years old right now or 40 years old, whatever, and take your body and put it into a five-month-old. And you know everything you know, but yet you, you can't do anything. Could you imagine the limitation? You need to eat, but you can't feed yourself. It's just like Jesus. He was the king of glory, king of kings. He, he was the one to create everything, but yet he's bound by this earthly body. Why would he do such a thing? It's because he loved excellent. Amen. For the Bible says that for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. He didn't say he just loved the Jews. Thank God. He didn't say he just loved the Vietnamese, thank God. He didn't say he just loved the Germans. He didn't say he just loved the Americans. He said, for God so loved the world. Are you part of this world? Then he loves you. Yes. That he gave. The greatest thing that you can do is to give. You know, like uh, I've been married going on 21 years, and I can give my wife a lot of things, um, but if I gave her without the excellent love behind it, a gift is just nothing. Without that excellent love, oh, it's true. Lang was like, yeah, that's true, Pastor. <laughs> you, you, you can give somebody a gift, but if your heart is not excellent or there is no love behind that gift, it is just something they can get themselves. It doesn't matter how expensive. It doesn't matter how much it costs. But the meaning of that gift is worth more than anything. You know, it's funny, I met a man many years ago when I was in the corporate world, and he said, I have kids, I have two daughters, and, and, I, and I remember I was, uh, we had just given birth, my wife had just given birth, we, I mean my wife, has just given birth uh, to our firstborn daughter, and he goes, I have two girls, and they're in their teens, and he said, I said, oh boy, he goes, yeah, uh, it is true a little bit about what they say. He goes, but I could tell you like this. Uh, um, <clears throat> you wouldn't take them if I gave it to you, and I wouldn't sell them for a million dollars. And I, you know what it, what it means is it's because there's excellent love for a child. Uh, and, 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 and so you're present. And so God says that I love you so much. It's not just about blessing you, but it's about being with you. See, brothers and sisters, God doesn't want to just bless you. He wants to be with you. See, I'd rather have people with me than tell me, hey, pastor, I support you from way back. No, I want you to be with me. See, when you're with me, we, we can be together. We can converse. We can do life. We can do all kinds of things. How can this excellent love be so great? It's because, first of all, the Bible says, that, but pastor, how can I expect this love? Look at what Jesus said in John 13 before he even was crucified. He says, a new commandment I give to you. What? We got new commandments now? I thought there was only 10. Right? Did you know that in the Ten Commandments, they, they don't even tell you to love your f father or mother. It doesn't even say love. You say just honor them. You don't even have to love them. Oh, parents, I'm just, we'll talk later. Just honor them. 
And it says this, a new commandment I give you. Look at it, it says, that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. But he didn't say just any kind of love. He said, as I have loved you. See, that's excellent. You know, excellent love is saying that I, I will, I'm willing to be second and you be first. You know? It, isn't, it, it, isn't it wonderful? And I, I always talk to the ladies because they understand it. Isn't it wonderful, ladies, when you, you have a man and he's putting you first? Right? Isn't it? You know, one of the greatest joys I have and I say this, and I'm sorry, honey, but you're in the room. But I say this, it's like when I'm, I'm tired, I'm busy, and my wife comes and just, just gives me a, something to drink and just where, where I'm sitting, I just, it just feels so good. Now, she does that already. I'm not trying to give her more hints. But I'm just saying, when, you, when she's tired and she knows I'm tired, she says, honey, can I make you a cup of coffee? It just feels so good. Because why? Excellent love always puts other people first. You want to learn how to love? Put somebody else first. I'm giving you some things. And so oftentimes he says, look, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. That's, that word saying is I did it first. You know, I, like I said, I, I counsel married couples sometimes or give advice or I try to. And after seven, eight, ten years of marriage, they look at each other and like, I, I love him and he loved me. And then he look at her and go, I love her. She do the same to me. No, no, no. You got to love first, bro. And then I always get to the guys. I said, did you know that nowhere in the Bible does the Bible command a, a woman to love her husband? It says, but husband, love your wife. But the, the, it never says, wives, love your husband. It just says some honor and submitting uh, and that. <laughs> so I have to love first. And when you love excellent, they won't have a problem submitting. Right. See, when God loves us so good, I don't, Lord, I don't have a problem submitting. And when I do have a problem submitting to the Lord, it's because I'm walking in rebellion. Because I, I, I'm not going to listen to you. See? First thing is you want to love excellent, you put other people first. What are they concerned about? What are you worried about? Sometimes in this world, it's all about me. Did you know? Did you see me? Did you see my social media post? Did you see me? They call it selfie about me. Right? Everything, everything, everything is about me. It's, it's me, me, me. Now they got, and I'm nothing against it. I believe women should be treated uh, uh, just as well as men. But it's, uh, it's about me too now. And then there's going to be a me three. And then a me also. A me four and me five. It's going to be me somewhere. And it's not making fun of something like that because there is a seriousness about it. But what I'm trying to say is there is always about this self, look at me. But God says that if you really want to love excellent, put others first, just like he did. He came down from glory. He came down from his throne, that he died upon the cross so you and I can experience freedom. Romans 5.8 Look at what Jesus or God, uh, Paul, the apostle said. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still 
sinners. Yeah, everybody say, still sinners. Still sinners. Christ died for me. Christ died. Say it. Christ died for me. But God demonstrated his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, we didn't even know him. We didn't even know who Jesus was. He said, you know what? While you were still in your sin, I died for you. I love you that much that I put you first. I'm willing to go through pain because I love you. How many of you are willing to go through pain because you love somebody? Hmm. It's easy now, men, uh, young men and young women or, or, or people now, it's easy uh, when they get married now and just uh, after seven uh, months, five months, ten months, twelve months, and, and things are getting hard and, and there's some pain involved because you, when, you, when you love somebody, there's going to be some pain involved. Ask my wife, she loved the kids, but there was some pain involved when she gave birth. <laughs> and there was some pain for me too. <laughs> And it's easy just to walk out because you deny the pain. But if you want to be excellent, you've got to have commitment. You have to have tenacity. You've got to go at it and say, I'm not giving up. See, God says when he was in pain, brother and sister, I don't know about you, but the moment somebody smacked me, if I was Jesus, somebody's going to die right now. <laughs> you see, that's why I can't be Jesus. And the minute they took that whip, they don't even have to whip me. That guy would just swirl it around. I'm like, you're dead, man. I'm calling the Archangel Michael. Just cut him off. See, that's, that's how we think because that's painful. And yet he allowed people to strike. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. How dare someone strike a king? Think about it. And he let it happen. You think you're going to go to the UK right now and strike the royal family? Try it. <laughs> Your hands be gone. Right? And let alone the king of glory, the king of all kings, the one that created everything we see and not see. Let them strike him because of love. Oh, brothers and sisters, I, I don't know about you, but... Excellent love requires us to put people, others, before ourselves. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy because I'm just going to be honest. Can I say this in, a, in the most friendliest way I can? They're just some ignorant folk. <laughs> you know, they're hard to love. And I know some of us got that in our family. Don't call out anybody's name, but I know. <laughs> but like, dude, you born from my family? Look at 1 John 3, 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. You, you know that you don't have to love me, but I'm supposed to love you. And it's hard. Because when you have ignorant people, it's hard to love ignorant folks. I don't want to, you know, and, and I, I can think of another word, and so can you. And it might start with an S. Next letter is T, but you, we won't stop there. It's hard to Love people like that. Look at 1 John 4, 7, 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. Yes. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. If you can characterize God in one word, it's love. If you can only describe God in one word, it's love. See, God loved us first. And look at what John 15, 16 says. This is, this is awesome. He says, you did not choose me. 
But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. We act like, oh, Lord, I chose you. No, God chose you first. God chose you first. Did you know that? Uh, think about it. How awesome is it the king of God, the king of glory, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords would just say, I love you, I choose you, and I will use you. What? You know, I, I was telling my wife a story. I'm, I'm talking to a, a pastor, and, and, and they're not even in this country. They're in Southeast Asia. And he's complaining, and, and God is using uh, his life, and he, just miraculous things. And, and thousands of people have come to Christ, and he just said, and every time I talk to him, he's complaining. He said, oh, I don't want this anymore. It's, it's tiring. I, I wish I could be a businessman, this and that. And, and man, you know, it's so hard. It's, it's constantly this, this pain. And I told my wife, I said, you know, when I look at my life, I said, man, if, 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 if the governor of our state gave, said, hey, you know what? You have such great talent. And, and I, I need you to be part of my uh, uh, staff, right? We would put that letter on all social media and say, look, the governor of Texas chose me. Where y'all at? <laughs> right? I know you young people. Like, look at you. You know it. And we think it's an honor. But when God wants to use our life, we be think it's a drag. It's a burden. It's a burden to come to church. It's a burden uh, to run the camera. It's a burden to do music. It's a burden, not me. My wife used to say, honey, you could be on ch in church every day. I know. And twice on Sundays. Because why? To me, it is the greatest honor to work for the King of Kings. What? Of all people he could have chose, he chose me. What? Where y'all at? Think about it. Of all people, it is an honor to say, God... I just want to be a part. It's cool to be a part. I just want to be a part. I, I, it's not about me. I, I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be. That's why this, this, this church is called a seat at the table. At God's table, everybody has a seat. That means you have a part at God's table. Isn't that cool? Get in there. Get your seat. It's reserved. Your name. You know what? Don't make us dust off your nameplate. Because you haven't been there in a while. Y'all supposed to laugh at that. <laughs> Look at John 15, 17. These things I command you, that you love one another. <sighs> wow. John 14, 19 says, a little while longer, and this is before he goes up, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will live also. Oh, brothers and sisters, we, we often talk about love in church. But uh, you know what? We throw it around. You know, in, in my language, in my culture, there are several words that mean love. In, in the Greek, there are actually five words that mean love. You know, uh, and we say we love everything. We love things that can't even move. You know, we love my shirt. I love this shirt. I love this. You know, I love my car. Oh, man, you can't love things. You got to love people. You got to love people. You know, I have that saying. It says, you know what? In this world, we're so backwards. We love things and, and use people. But we should be loving people and use things. 
And, and God says this, I love you so much, I always put you first. It's because I loved you even when you won't accept me. You don't know me. I still love you. Excellent love puts people first. The second thing, excellent love requires you to be consistent. It has to be consistent. And the excellent loves require you to be tenacious. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I can't give up on my relationship. I can't give up on the Lord. I can't give up on this church. I can't give up on this vision. I can't give up on my life. I can't get up. Uh, I can't give up on my wife. I can't give up on my, my family. I got to fight for this thing. See, that's the problem with the world is they talk about love, but love requires you to put others first. It requires you to be committed. It requires you to have tenacity. You know what? We need, we need some men with some resolve and fight for their family, fight for what they believe. You know what? I, I always tell people, I say, I don't mind uh, brothers that are a little rough around the edges. I like it. Don't bother me. You know? And the former California governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, goes, we don't need any more girly men. <laughs> brothers, we don't. Right? We need men that will fight for their family, not, not physically, but fight for them in their, their thought, their vision, that they'll fight for their family on their knees in prayer and say, God, you gave me my family. You gave me my boys. You gave me my daughters. You gave me my wife. God, I'm going to fight for them. They might not be living for God now, but I put them before you on the altar. God, I know that you can change their heart because you said that if, if, you lo if I love you, you, you chose me and you appointing me that whatever I ask for you're going to give it to me so I put them first I put them and it requires you not only put others first but excellent love requires you to be committed it got to be committed you got to be committed the third thing is it requires you to be consistent you writing this down I know some of you are typing on your your smartphone you got to be consistent and you have to have tenacity you got to have consistency you can't just be committed once in a while. You know what? I, so there's days I, I can't imagine after 21 years said, uh, honey, I love you. See you in 10 years. Yeah. See you in five years. No, you've got to be consistent. It's not easy because we just want to curl up. And there are days you want to curl up and just say, no, you know what, Lord, take me home. But you got to be consistent. you got to be consistent. you got to be consistent and you have to have tenacity. Fight for it, man. Fight for it. Ladies, fight for it on your knees. Fight for your husband. Fight for your family. Fight for your kids. Fight for your church. Fight for the vision. Don't give up. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Fight for it. Fight for it. And I leave you with this. Is this helping anybody? Y'all sleep? You need a cup of coffee? Excellent love. Philippians 1.6, and I leave you. Look at all these scriptures we're going through. Don't ever be said that we don't preach the word around here. Being confident of this very thing. Can we read this together? Let's read it together. Being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete. Well, oh, I'm sorry. Y'all flip that? I'm sorry. I didn't give him that scripture. Sorry. But anyway, being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry about that. Being confident, Philippians 1.6, of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in me will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let us stand.
There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, brothers. Sorry, media team. Excellent love. Excellent love requires you to put people, others before yourself. Yes. Excellent love requires you to be committed. It requires you to be consistent. It requires you to be tenacious. Yes. Don't you give up. Don't you give up on loving. Don't you give up on commitment. Don't you give up on being consistent. Consistent. Excellence requires us to be consistent. As they sing this song, we're going to prepare communion. We're going to take communion together. And I'd like for you, after communion, we're going to receive an Easter uh, offering. We haven't given our offering yet, but give the Lord his best. Thank you for all of you that support this beautiful church. Believe in our vision. As they sing this song, we're going to receive communion together. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ.